I know that there's the personal relationships that form, especially for, you know, the top tier of guys that are competing together at international meets or going on teams together and that sort of thing. But as you step outside of that, like, you know, Bjorn, what are, what are the cow guys saying about <laughs> like, what, what's, what's the sense of, you know, man, we hate Texas. Like, can you, what's that like? <laughs> Welcome to the Social Kick Podcast. We got a really full crew tonight. Fun hangout. We got Luke Paddington, Dr. John Mullen. I'm Brian Lundquist. And we got representatives from the top three teams at men's NCAAs. Uh, welcome, guys. We got Adam Cheney from the Florida Gators. We give a little bio on each of you guys. Adam led off the two medley and two free relays, both NCAA champion relays. Uh, swam on all four of Florida's relays, third and 100 back. Now the third fastest 50 backstroker of all time. Well, that's crazy. Won the B final in the 50. So thanks, Adam, for being here. Uh, we got Drew Kibler from Texas, 200 free champ, 800 free relay champ, 400 free relay champ. U.S. Olympian came sixth in uh, both the 50 and the 100 at this meet. And uh, Bjorn Seeliger from Cal won the 400 medley relay, anchored that relay. Fastest ever 50 back leadoff, 20.0 smoke. Second in both the 50 and the 100. And, of course, uh, Cal Bears and, uh, winning the meet. So uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for being here. And, uh, yeah, good to have you. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Yeah, cheers. First of all, like, do you guys know each other when you see each other on the pool deck? Have you guys had conversations before? I don't, we got to figure out what this dynamic is like on the, on the deck at a men's meet. Yeah, we knew each other. I, I know Adam pretty well via the Foster Brothers. And uh, Bjorn, I, I, I don't know when I met you, but I feel like we definitely got closer in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was, um, last couple of nights in Tokyo, I was just like, Joe, I really like your tattoos. Like, where'd you get them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Big, so it was kind of fun. Me and Drew also go back to uh, with the pan packs together. That's true. Yeah, true. All right. So I'm, I'm curious about this then because, you know, what I remember about being on deck at the men's meet was there was like quite a, a lot of animosity and like, I'm not going to say, so I went to Auburn in the mid two thousands and hates too strong of a word, but I mean, we did not like Texas and <laughs> Adam, my dad went to Florida. So I grew up a Florida Gator, but we did not like Florida once I got to Auburn. So yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Do you, is there, I know that there's the personal relationships that form, especially for, you know, the top tier of guys that are competing together at international meets or going on teams together and that sort of thing. But as you step outside of that, like, you know, Bjorn, what are, what are the cow guys saying about <laughs> like, what, what's, what's the sense of, you know, man, we hate Texas. Like, can you, what's that like? Don't be too worried. No, it's like, yeah, what's um, it like? <laughs> uh, it's not too bad. You know, it's the thing is like, um, both teams are really good, right? And we, we really, there's this rivalry, of course, every year for the last like 10 years, right? And that's just a tradition we try and keep up, right? We just like show up every year. And the thing with like people like Drew or uh, Carson's of this world, it's like we can really appreciate the work that they put in because we put in the same work. It's like the, the top guys in each team, they know what it takes. And, um, they give it their all. So this rivalry is like, it's awesome. Like everyone shows up. Like we outscored both of the teams, both Texas and, and Cal outscored their seeds by like over a hundred points. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's always like, you know, we get really impressed and scared when the meet goes on. We're like, you know, shit, these guys are swinging, you know, and we try to swing just as hard and I'm here for it, you know? So in terms of like in season and, um, it, I must say it always sucks going to mid season because, you know, we, we get shit on and, um, Texas is sending, so we're always like, ah, fuck that, you know? And, um, yeah, but it's, it's yeah, always but fun going in season. Are you guys talking shit about each other, though? Like, what is what do you think about the cowboy hats? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest, no. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. The cowboy hats are I, – I, I couldn't wear it, but uh, I don't have to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I guess it's, it's a tradition. Because, right? like, a lot of teams have, like, their thing that other teams end up just sort of hating on for no reason other than, like, if you were in that club, you would be so bought into it just as, a like, if you're a member of that tribe. So, you know, yeah. like – I don't know. I just, yeah. I mean, we don't really mind it. The biggest problem is like when you're at a meet like that, um, 
you get so focused on the other team. It's like I'm counting Texas up and downs more than I'm counting mine, mine up and downs, right? So it's like it's really hard to kind of get away from that. And that's really important, though. It's like Dave's always like, hey, man, like focus on your swimming. Like I can't control what, what they swim like or, you know, if they have a cowboy hat or not. So in that sense, like I'm trying to not really think about these things too much. But um, I think traditions are awesome. Like if you if you want to do that, you do that. Hell yeah, you know. So, so drew when you have real bears and you see those bear suits how does that make you feel uh fired up um yeah. i mean i remember we we were sending some messages because we had a we had a good you know wednesday night and a good thursday night and friday morning the the cal support fans and everything <laughs> they were making a freaking statement in the hotel and so we're walking down trying to get to breakfast and you had to literally like walk through a mob and uh i think that you know i've been kind of just processing the meat and i think that some people get really fired up by that some people get really frustrated by that and there's like you kind of have to know um what you can use to your advantage and what you have to block out um because everyone's right it, it, it's it's gonna be challenging to get caught up in the other team and uh, i'm not one to do that too much uh because i think i got really sucked into it in, in the past and i and i know that's not good for me but i remember i, I saw in one of your stories um i think it was friday morning it was it said like cal seven up five down or something like mm. that i'm like oh dang that was the first time i'm seeing that and yeah. uh and so I, yeah I, I try to keep it out but um yeah seeing the, the cal uh fans are incredible and hearing the roll on you bears is one of the worst things you can hear but again it's like, <laughs> I, I gotta have a lot of respect you know for the for the um it's they, it took some work to organize that and it, it helps it works mm -hmm. and so uh respect to the to the cow fans for figuring that out um because I, I i know it fires you up when you have a, a a huge army behind you you know thank you thank you and it's true it's true like the support matters so much you know and and that's both ways right i mean the problem for us is always like we like i cannot go on social media during the meet like barely like i can't read swim swim i can't do anything because it's always like this this pressure of like, you know, they're supposed to do this and we're supposed to be out seated here. And it's like, we're just swimming, man. Like we're just trying to swim. And that's like the mentality you have to have. And then the, the, the whole supporter side of it, it's crazy. Like literally the entire like section where people sit, it's like, you know, 30% of it's Cal and then 20% of it's Texas and the rest of the teams are just divided by like, you know, yeah. the rest of the seats. So it's, it's crazy how, how people like show up and people fly out too. It's like, depending on how to meet swings, I get like texts, you know, I'm on a flight. I got to watch, you know, and like, you know, Willa Cohen showed up middle day for Texas and I was just like, oh shit, you know, people are coming out here. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Adam, how about for you guys? As you hear these guys talk 10 years, they've been going back at it. Texas, Cal, How's Florida view getting into that top two and eventually number one? <clears throat> uh -huh. Well, I think we're definitely on like the outside looking in. But, you know, like when we go to SECs, it's like Georgia or like even like ever since I like started playing sports, you know, there's always like another team. And I think that like it just helps like, you know, it makes us all swim faster. I think it's great for the sport. I feel like that almost like has to be there. What was the impact of having Caleb on deck? Uh, I think just he knew like our team was like exceptional that year. So his idea was just he started swimming with us and practicing with us probably during Christmas training. I think right after ISL is like he was full in. And so he just wanted to be there with us on deck. I know what the impact is 0 0.03 from Ob Oban's record. That's what the impact was. Oh, 114 1-1. That's ridiculous. Were yeah, you expecting yeah. that? Um <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, we were definitely expecting that. I think we knew what we could do. And, you know, we were all kind of off in the morning too. So, but we've been chasing that one for a long time. So we, we definitely, I mean, we haven't gotten it yet though. So. Yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, I was like kind of happy I didn't have to go to the press conference and talk to you guys about bringing an Auburn record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely, uh, I don't know if it'll be Florida, but you definitely will next year. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that i'll accept it um that's what that's what it's supposed to do i mean the ncaa meet has gotten so fast but like you know I, it's interesting to hear you say adam about like well you kind of divert back to secs and say like well at secs like you know obviously you guys have been dominating that conference for 10 years now or whatever um <clears throat> but like you came out swinging win the first event of the meet 
and then, you know, win another relay. So I don't know about you, but like, I think a lot of people came in saying that these are the three teams that are going to be in the mix, but everybody was going to be in a discussion. You never know who's going to show up in, in the way that they show up. So I'm curious to know from like Drew and Bjorn, did you see Florida bringing the heat? And we're like, damn, Florida might actually be like for real this year. Um, well, I, I can say from my perspective that uh, I, I think we Texas and Florida, there's like a lot of relationships there. And so, um, you know, I keep in touch with Kieran, you know, and, and Adam. And and so there's a lot of kind of, you know, back and forth communication. So we, we knew that Florida was coming to play. And I, I know Kieran was kind of talking about that a lot, especially with Carson, um, that, that they were going to come out come out hot so that was something we were, we were definitely prepared for because but like i think there's i mean i think the only way to be able to you know beat your competition is to fully respect your competition and, and i mean we come into it respecting it because i mean you don't want to like oh yeah we got some back easy and then get shocked mm-hmm. you got to respect that everybody's going to be ready to go mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what we train for we don't train for easy wins we don't train for blowout meets we train for the close meets and that's what everybody wants to see and that's what we want to be a part of too the nail biters and the drama so yeah yeah i agree um good point made there it's like um especially coming off of the olympic year a lot of the guys that went to the games for the u.s team they weren't really you know very fast in the season coming into nc's both for florida and for for us and for um gators so we were like sitting there and, you know, like Bobby, even you, Drew, and like um, Kieran and Bryce for us, they're all like, you know, they swam, but they weren't seated that well into NCs. And everyone was just like, yeah, you know, they're not going to, there's no way they get three up and 100 free. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Drew's not going to go like, he's not going to be slower than like 41.5. Are you kidding me? So it's like, I knew that coming in. And that's why I was like, yeah, they're going to fire. And same with Kieran and Bobby, you know, and Bryce sh- sh- showed up too. But that's always an interesting dynamic to where it's like, like you're saying, you have to respect everyone. And, you know, we know that everyone's going to come out swinging. So, yeah. This is so interesting hearing this perspective because, like, you yeah. always hear like, – you never expect to, hear, like, hear, think that, like, cow guys are having that conversation. So that's just funny to me. Like, because we yeah, have that yeah. too. Like, oh, so what, how many are going to play up here? What are they going to do here? Oh, yeah, how about that 200 back or all that stuff? It's just, yeah, no, it's it's actually insane. Yeah. And, like, you know, Bryce is a wild card for a while. He didn't know right. what he was going to do. Right. And we didn't know either for a long time. And then he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And and um, that was crazy. Like, people are literally saying, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, Drew's like, no, there's no way he's winning two phase. Like, are you kidding me? Like, he's going to show up. Like, actually, dude. And I, you did. That's fucking impressive. Like, good for you. It's not, <laughs> I tell you, it's not easy coming off, like, a games and then, like, swimming fast the next year at the um, at NCs, you know, and that's really, really impressive. And a lot, like everyone outperformed their seed in that, in that like sense. Right. So it was pretty cool for, for us to see how, um, you know, Kieran got up, Bobby got up too. It was cool. Really cool. Well, so to that point, like Bjorn, what were, what do you think were the two most impressive swims from Texas and Florida yeah. with me? Um, so let me think, let me think this through. Uh, yeah. So for Texas, I was scared after after Carson's four a.m. in the morning. I was like, "Shit, that kid is fast." No, three thirty three in the morning. Um, just swinging. I was like, "That's insane." And I, at that point, we just didn't really know where we were at. You know, um, our first individual event of the meet, five free, was 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 booty. It was like really bad, right? We didn't get anyone up or down. Texas got two up, um, one down. I want to say, and we were just like, "Shit," you know. Um, so that, those are like defining moments for that meet. I was like, you know, that's pretty good for them. Um, for, for Gators, I mean, that two, that two free relay were like, what? I mean, we didn't think we were going to swim as fast as we did, but I was like leading off and I was like, damn, it's pretty fast. We might have this, you know, some degree and you just guys just showed up, you know, like that's insane. That was really cool. Uh, Adam, what about you? What do you think about what were you most impressed by Texas and Cal? Um, I don't know. That's a tough one. There's a lot of of depth on each team. I definitely, obviously, I'll probably say Bjorn's 50 free. And then I could honestly say Bjorn again for his 50 back or flipping an 18-9. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and then Texas. (laughs) Texas, I could say, hmm. 
Carson's swim in the morning. And Drew's too free, probably. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Drew was happy with it, but I'll give it <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't tell. Well, were, were you happy with it, Drew? And what do you think about uh, this impressive uh, swims from these two teams? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll answer the first one first. Uh, I was actually talking to Shane about this today, Shane Costin, and how like sometimes you have to swim a race that you don't necessarily want to swim just to because you feel the pressure to win. Because hmm. uh, Shane was reflecting on his two back against Destin last year, yeah. and how he could see a little bit of that in in my two free, and so. You know, sometimes, like, if I was in, like, a random meet or if I was at an invite type of situation and I full sent that, I think I had more potential there. But um, I wanted to swim a comfortable race that I knew I could I could win. And if I if I sit and do long distance per stroke and have a speed, I know I can do that. I know I can, I know I can kind of come home hard. And so I'm comfortable doing that. And I know that was going to, like, pretty much lock in a win or at least give me a good chance. But, I, I you know, I wasn't super stoked at the time because I've mm-hmm. – Big, big goals for that but mm-hmm. best swims um mm-hmm. florida uh i always love watching adam throw down backstroke um and another thing just across the board y'all's reaction times putting in that work mm-hmm. pays off uh especially eric that double fifty flies uh, <laughs> reaction time with the 19-3 that's crazy um and it definitely gives us something that we need to work on a lot more because ours were, were pretty tough. Um, and for uh, Cal, going um, up and down the whole meet uh, truly was absolutely spectacular. And also, I was really impressed with um, Destin's morning 2 a.m. Or, or I don't know if it was the morning of the night, but like, I mean, there's a lot of great sims, obviously, but like uh, I, the way he went at something like 27 9, 23 3 and that 2 a.m., oh my yeah. gosh. Crazy. It's crazy. Uh, I, 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 the way that kid comes home is awesome. So um, those are just a few that come to mind. I'm sure there's – I mean, there's so many. There's too many to count, but those are definitely some good ones. Yeah, one that's day. so crazy. You have one guy who goes double zero and minus .03. I don't <laughs> – that's so nuts. I was going to ask, like, what do you guys do to practice relay starts? But, Adam, do you actually do relay starts? Because you're leading off. Um. Mm, you know, I'll just tell you. So we we have last year. Our problem was like relay starts. So the whole year, I mean, since NCAA's last year, we were practicing relay starts like over and over and over again. We're to the point where we actually got a pad for the block, and we plugged it in, and it would show our reaction time. So we got it down to like perfection. I mean, we practice it so much, and we take videos every day, and then we ended up. Uh, the, the thing didn't really work, actually, and then, like, the block was kind of messed up, but I guess it worked on then. But, no, definitely, uh, that was a big part of our training this year. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, but then that brings it back to, like, uh, the competition. Like, now, since those reaction times, like, that's what we focused on a whole year now. Like Drew said, it'll definitely, it'll pass over to them, and they'll do the same thing. Yeah, there's a difference between doing it in practice and doing it in the meet, though. So, I mean, <laughs> and you can see that across the board. There's a reason why. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But also, it's also different, too. Like, you know, you can practice it and practice it with a stretch cord, too. But, you know, when you shave and taper and, you know, Drew, you pop 18.6 or, you know, Bjorn going 18.2, it's like that's a different kind of speed. And that guy's coming at you way faster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then you're used to him coming at you, no matter what you practice. Mm-hmm. I think that it's generally just about getting comfortable with it. Like I, our our issue is, I think Texas has a has a a philosophy of just like nonstop hard work, and that really pays off, you know, in, in many ways. But I mean, we got extremely out detailed in 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 this meet, and um, like for example, we we're like we're working so hard throughout the whole year that there's no time to stop or at least with our current with with last year's training philosophy there's no time to stop and do something like relay starts when you're missing out on you know aerobic grinding and so um and and that's kind of all i did all year was just like like aerobically grind and, mo- and a lot of us did, did that and and so we start pulling out the pads and the uh, the touch pads and the the block reaction time thing like uh, adam said 
four weeks out and, and do them a couple times a week. It's like, all right, we got we got to do some more of that. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that's, we, we had some impressive relays and uh, it could have been better, but it's always, there's always something more to work on. And I think you come out of every NCAA is thinking, okay, this could have been way better. This could have been way better. This could have been way better. So uh, I think that's kind of the, the nature of the beast is just kind of dissecting bit by bit what could have been better. Definitely. We touched on the 200 medley relay. That was Shame on me, one of the biggest surprises of the meet. I wasn't expecting that record to go down right there. Bjorn, what would you say was the biggest surprise for you at the meet? Um, biggest surprise for me, hands down, is Hugo's 4IM. Yeah, that man is just, like, just insane. You know, it's like he shows up after the morning. He's like, man, I, I don't know if I can go faster tonight. I'm so fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. And I was like <laughs> – that's Hugo, and he's like, you know, Hugo's great. I love that guy, but you know, he, last year he he was like he was down, right? He went to four AM, mm-hmm. and he went he went to time in the B final that would have won the A final. So he's like, not about that this year. He's like, I'm getting up, you know, goes three thirty four, and he's like, I tried so hard, and then at night it's Hugo, right? And he just goes out, and this is really impressive because I watched the race, and I'm like shit in my pants while I'm watching it, but because it's I just get so nervous, I can't watch swimming. But he touches the first fifty, and I don't know if this is right because I just heard it right, but um, it's twenty two three. So he's out in twenty two three in a four a.m. in the first fifty, right? And I was like, what? Like what? It's so fast. And then he just keeps going and doesn't like doesn't let off anything. Fifty eight hundred breast and just like completely dies the last twelve yards. Doesn't matter, you know. He swims underwater literally, but finishes and just like three thirty two. And that that was that was so insane. I was so happy for him because he deserves it, right? He's been around like different teams and uh, had to take a year off when they won twenty nineteen. And and uh, but he really likes it here and he's swimming really well. I'm so happy for him. Excellent, Drew. How about you? What was the biggest surprise for you? Uh, the thing I just, I, I don't know if it was a surprise, in hindsight, I don't know if it was a surprise or just, I wasn't prepared for it was, uh, Luca's hundred back. Uh, obviously <laughs> that was freaking insane. Uh, but I have to remind myself, like he was a 45 mid when he was 16 or something like that. And like, he's, he's been killing it in the hundred back for a while. The man is absolutely incredible underwater. And, and I, I mean, yeah, it's, it, so it's not really that surprising when you kind of take a, take a minute, but like I, nobody was paying attention. I'm like, who is going off in lane two right now? What is happening? <laughs> Flipped it like 20.7 to the feet or something like that. And I was like, this is insane. And we were just so all going nuts because, you know, we love Luca. Uh, I don't know how you couldn't, honestly, but uh, um, yeah. So that was a really, really impressive I don't, out of nowhere swim that I wasn't prepared for. All right. And Adam, how about you? What was your biggest surprise? Um, after Luca's 100 fly, it was like, you know, like what everybody was kind of like, I remember we were talking like, like, what's he going to go in? Or after his 100 back, we were like, what's he going to go in to fly? Like he's about to go like 135 to fly or something. And then <laughs> I think that was my biggest surprise, like him getting beat. You know, like, I guess, I don't know what happened. Maybe he had a bad swim, but like, I feel like I expected more. I got a question for you guys. So you, we spoke to you, all you guys in a press conference. You came across very calm and confident. I mean, uh, Adam, when I spoke to you up front, you were just like relaxed and ready and charged. Drew, you're so well-spoken and on top of it and a seasoned senior. And Bjorn, you were just chilled and ready to go. And on deck, you guys were confident. But I mean, I've been on a block and I wanted to vomit on my teammate when I'm anchoring a 400 free. Or I'm yawning nonstop because I'm nervous. So I, I mean, Brian, you have a famous story of, your coach telling you to focus on one thing and keep the nerves down. Talk to me about moments when you guys are like, holy shit, I am scared. I am, I'm shitting my pants. Or I, was it, do you guys have those moments? You must. In that race. Yeah, of course. I think, well, for me, I've always, I, I mean, I grew up around sports. It's like a big part of my family. So every time, like, <laughs> no, it's something I love to do. Like no matter what, even if it's swimming, if it's basketball, if I'm at, you know, playing, hitting, baseball at the park or anything you know it's like it's hard for me to play certain sports because i actually get so nervous i can't i like handling like a baseball or a football it's like hard for me so i think though at the same time swimming is perfect for me because the more nervous i am the better i feel and the faster i'll swim Mm -hmm. i think for me it all comes down to like preparation and Mm -hmm. uh and, and, and like, just, I guess what I tell myself matters. And so for me in the 50 in the morning, I was just super stoked. I was like, all right, I'm going to rip a 50. This is fun. I don't have to do a 500. I like this. 
18 six and um and that was good because i mean four, like four weeks prior to that i was in 1948 at our conference and i was like oh god because i mean I, I i didn't change my training this year I, I still trained how i've been training every year i just um kind of had to i guess race differently and so I was so stoked about that race. And then I was like, oh man, I have to replicate that. And <laughs> I, I like, I, I don't know how to swim a 50. I, I really don't. And I don't have a lot of experience with it at all. And I, 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 I all, all of a sudden started wishing I was in the 500. I'm like, I know how to do that. This turn comes up so quick. I don't know how to get my foot on the wall and push off right. And I think that was the difference between prelims and finals is like, it kind of set in that like, like, I'm next to everyone. I got to beat him. <laughs> and then uh, obviously Brooks came out of nowhere and he was on in both of his finals and shout out to him. Cause that was epic. But um, yeah, so I, I had a lot of, you know, nervousness for that and it, and it showed in, in my lack of performance, but the next day in the two free, um, I was a little bit nervous because I knew this was like a good shot for me to, you know, get a good, a big goal of being a national champion. And, and I just kind of remind myself like, this is my thing. I enjoy this. And so in the, in the ready room, instead of like having this hype music going and just like being super like dialed in and focused and like trying to like be intense, I just, I put on some of my, you know, favorite songs and I ended up just taking off my headphones and just talking to Kieran and talking to Matt Sates, who was, it was, I really enjoyed getting to know him and uh, some of the other guys in the, in the, in the ready room, just to be like, all right, just do your thing, have fun. And that was a totally fearless race. Just, and I just enjoyed every moment of that. So um, I, and over the past year, I've been kind of piecing together uh, my best mentality and I'm, and I'm learning a lot about the, about cultivating the right mindset to do my best mm -hmm. and unlocking that I think is the, the key to everything um, mm -hmm. because so many people are physically prepared and that means nothing when you're not mentally prepared. And so um, I'm learning more and more about that and I'm excited for to use that knowledge kind of going into even more high stakes meets because um, we got a lot of them, a lot of them coming up like mm -hmm. world trials is the next one, you know? And so I'm going to take what I've learned the Olympic trials and Olympics and now this NCAAs and kind of apply that there. So, yeah. Yeah. I can only agree with that. It's like uh, for me at NCs, the morning swims were the best by far. And I always add it at the finals. Um, and that was because the mornings were just like, I had to make it back, but I was confident that I could, so it's just relaxed, man. I was just talking to people, like, you know, because you don't have walkouts in the morning. It's just, like, behind the block. And I feel like, especially the guys meet, a lot of guys are just, like, you know, just confused. So we didn't really know what lanes we were in ever. So it's just, like, you make sure you're in the right heat or lane. You're just talking to people that don't know either. So it's kind of funny. And it's just more relaxed, dude. And then at night, you should kind of come out. And I knew that, like, it wasn't it wasn't that important that I would have to win my events because just, like, you know, get first, second, or third, that's still a lot of points, you know? But I just kind of like, I wouldn't say choke, but it's just like, you know, you get more tense. It's just not as relaxed. And it's like, you feel like you have to perform versus you want to perform. Um, yeah. So that's something you learn from this year. And I feel like Jude knows all about that too. So it's, it's, it's the same, right? It's like, it's once you're, once you're like, if I listen to too much music or feel like I have to do something, it's just, it just doesn't really work. You have to be relaxed. Because you don't want to be, be that guy who makes that mistake, who jumps early and costs that points as well. So you have that in the back of your yeah. head, like in race, you know, and on day oh, three. Oh, my starts were horrible. Like, and uh, you can see the difference in my individual starts and then relay, you know, because mm -hmm. once, once you get the individual done, you get the points, whatever. The relay is just like we were always seated like 10th or 12th. So we kind of had to send it, you know. So I was way more going on those. You know, I kind of that's where that's why I have my best swims, too, because it's like this underdog mentality versus we came in, I came in as, in as first in my individuals, right? Like expected to win. And that just didn't really sit well with me, I guess. So something you kind of like have to acknowledge and move on with and kind of work out for the next year. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about setbacks. Cause you know, I mean, no matter who wins the meet, nobody gets through without, you know, some negatives and some, some things not going their way. So, I mean, <clears throat> like you guys had a big one drew with Cameron's DQ, which I kept watching the video and I didn't see him flinch, but, um but i we mean that's, that's, too. that's that's a huge deal right so like what what was there any discussion in the you know the like before prelims the next day or anything about um you know hey uh just motivationally on uh how to how to navigate that that you know potential loss in points yeah and i think again it goes back to uh knowing knowing the person you're talking to and knowing yourself and and if you know Cam, uh, he's like one of the most 
relaxed people <laughs> and like chill dudes yeah. ever. And it's it's so funny because uh like uh my teammate Kobe Carosa was like, dude, look at Cam right now. I was he was walking out for the 200 medley relay. He goes, he looks like he's asleep and he just kinda walks out like <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I'm here right now. And then he goes an 18-0 with a point two high. <laughs> and so like, he's, a, he's a pretty chill dude, and 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 he rolls with the punches really well. And the, and I think what makes him so talented is like, um, it's not so not so talented. What I mean, he's he is very talented. But what makes him so good is like he doesn't you know make everything into a do or die situation. He's just happy to be there, and he's happy to have fun. And he just wants to be in it. And he doesn't make it too, bigger than it needs to be, and so mm-hmm. I think that's what made him rebound pretty, like pretty well from that DQ. He was frustrated, but we we know we knew he'd be okay, and we just kept doing our thing. And I guess kind of our way of handling stuff like that is just by like keeping staying positive, not having to be like, "Hey man, like how are you doing after that?" It's just like, "All right, you ready to rip this reel? Let's get it." That, that's that was a tough break, but um, yeah, and. I, I was I was frustrated. I was very frustrated because I, I didn't know if he flinched or, or what happened. But because um, I was like, if it was just a, I was like going, I was literally on the bus home looking through rules like on USA Swimming, trying to figure out if there was any possible way we could overturn that. Because like we we did, it was, it's a momentum thing, it's a points thing. And, and then I watched a video that y'all posted, and I, yeah. I was like, oh, there's there's definitely a flinch there. Yeah. Um. And so I was like, oh, fair enough. That, that it is what it is. It happens. Um, but I, I mean, I think you just got to roll with the punches. And I remember last year, the best part about the meet was we honestly kind of thought we lost after, after the first day, the 500 free day. Um, and we were just up in the stands joking like, Oh, well, I guess we're saving up for tomorrow. <laughs> like just like making light of everything. And I think it makes it a lot easier to rebound. Um, cause we're like, man, this is, this is tough. I, I guess we'll get them next year, but and we're, we'll be next nice really? rested for tomorrow. Yeah. We, and then. And then diving happened, and then our relay won the four medley relay, and we're like, "Oh, let's just freaking send tomorrow morning crazy. with everything we have." And so, you know, what, um, you know what's crazy? It's like it's kind of interesting to me. That's like you know, as a team and your guys, you're just like you know, between eighteen and twenty-two, and there's a lot of like shit going on always, like a, like a lot of problems and like things that come up and this and that. And teams are way bigger than at NCs, right? Our team's like thirty-six guys, so there's a there's a much there's much more happening, much much more gears turning, and not always positive. And you sit there and you always think like, why us? You know, but this happens to every team, dude. It's like oh, yeah. on the outside, like when you look at Texas, looks solid, like nothing things wrong ever and probably the same towards us like we walk in confident mm-hmm. but it's like it's a lot more complicated than that you know people mm-hmm. like really have to work through some stuff and like you never see that and and it's so hard you know once you're there jesus you have to show up and you have to score and yeah. you're telling yourself like you get you do it like i swam really well right in those relays and i finish and i'm literally like not even thinking about it i'm like next race you know because it's so important mm-hmm. but you don't really yeah. take in those moments so i think that's really cool to hear that you guys are like a little scared there first day last year. We got you on that one. <laughs> That's funny because, like, this year in the stands, I would say we were all thinking the same thing in the reverse, right? Because, Bjorn, mm-hmm. to your point, like, you know, you didn't get anybody up in the 500 free. And so we're like, after day one, we're like, shit, Texas, man, they look, it's, they're going to they're walk yeah. away with this. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not walk away, but like, I think they got it, you know. But, I liked um, last year's mentality a lot better because. I think that the general mentality of last year, we were so far behind after that first day. We're like, we were I up mean, 40, dude. We're, just, we're up 40 or it's like yeah, 20 or something like that. And we're, it was like, we're like, okay, they're, I mean, this might just not be our meet. And so it took off a lot of pressure and we're like, okay, well, I mean, let's just see what happens, I guess. And <laughs> and it, we weren't even like scared or, or, or defeated. We were just like almost nonchalant after that. And and I don't know what happened because in, in 2019, it was a much different story. We were scared. Um, but th- but last year we were just like, oh well, it is what it is. Um, but this year, being ahead, it was totally reversed. I think that made us more scared because we're like, don't lose it. And well, yeah, and- yeah, because it's your bag to fumble. That's the biggest idea. You know? Right, right. Yeah, that's right, really, right. really I, hard, I, dude. I like the feeling last year. I think chasing is always better than looking over your shoulder and running from something. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's like I there's positive and negatives to being the guy who's supposed to win and the guy who's like not expected to win but challenging. Right. It's like an right. underdog. And you know, some it's like very different. You have positives and negatives that are both sides, but. um we, we talked about that the last day. We're like, you know, we want this really bad. I know you guys wanted it too, but like we came off the loss and we're like, you know, we really want to win. And I guess yeah. that mentality is like, you guys want to stay there. 
we you also really want to win. So it's not it's not mm-hmm. a battle of like who wants it more because that's just bullshit. You know, everyone wants it the same amount for sure. But it's just the dynamics of it are just so different, you know. Adam, what yeah. was the impact of Kieran being a little off on your team? You could say he's off, but at the same time, he was on those relays where he went 40.185. So, he, I mean, he carries uh, he carries momentum, and, I mean, I mean, sometimes you always can't have a great swim. Nesty always talks about, you know, there's ups and downs in every single meet, and, you know, it's all about how you react. So, Kieran reacted well, and, he, you know, he put up those times on the relays that helped us win. Mm-hmm. You know, without him, I mean – maybe we would have gotten even not top three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been following, obviously, NCs for years. You know, Brian was competing for national titles and all that. And at the time, I'm sure it's, oh, man, swimming so fast. It's not going to get much faster. Now we're here today, and you guys are flying. Every year it keeps getting faster, like we saw NCAA records going down. Where do you guys think it's going to be in five years? You can pick an event in a projected time. You can give kind of a general what it's going to take to be top 16. Um, Drew, why don't you get us started? Oh, man, that is tough. I mean, I think it all really comes down to, like, you know, take Caleb, for example. He's what has been called a freak athlete. And, uh, and, and so I think – as you get more and more of those, you know, freak athletes with these crazy abilities and genetics and, and skills, like plus uh, an increased knowledge of the sport and how to use those talents and turn them into skills, like it's it's really hard to say. Um, and I think that you know, somebody's getting a little bit more traction, and, and and that's exciting. And so, as it gets more of those, you know, really really high level athletes that are with like. Let's say two free. I, I think that for the two free, it, I mean, we're going to be going like 127 within five years. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, because if you break it down, like, there's so many people pushing, you know, 18 mids, and 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 that, as a result, like, you have um, a lot of 40 points coming even more and more. And so, take Brooks Curry for example. You like a few years ago, someone like that would never even dare try swimming a 200. And and this guy's swimming an eighteen five, a forty point, and then also swimming up to the two hundred. So what happens when somebody else is like a little bit more attuned to that, you know, two hundred? So you just you're having more and more skilled swimmers that are like pushing the boundaries and being braver, and and questioning like what would normally you know be their category that they're stuck to. And so I, I don't think it's unreasonable for somebody to be out in you know a a, a forty two low and back in a forty five high, you know. So um, at, a, at a certain point when that, that talent meets work ethic. So it's hard to say, but I mean, that, I'll speak in the two free because that's what I know most. But uh, who knows? Who knows? No, I like it. Adam, are we going to see a 18.50-yard <laughs> backstroke? 18.50-yard backstroke? I think, I think Drew's holding back. I actually – I definitely think 125. You know? <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to – I mean – you laugh now, but I mean, who's <laughs> laughed? It happens every single time. Yeah, I think in five years. Yeah, I mean, you never know. Uh, there used to be a guy who ran for uh, Ohio State, he ran <laughs> and he held his world record for fifty years. I mean, even after they made, uh, I mean, he dug he dug a hole, and he still he held, he held his world record for for fifty years after they even had blocks. I mean, it's gonna just take one person like that. I mean. You don't know how fast he can come and go. Yeah, Kieran was that guy for the five hundred, and you know there's a little bit of a little bit of a pause on that. But I mean, there's going to be some four hundred fours and four hundred threes soon. No, cause... they're definitely chasing under four minutes. I mean, who isn't? I bet you could find somebody <laughs> right now that could honestly go one twenty-seven, like the guy from uh, London. Like if if he really trained short course, you don't think he couldn't go one twenty-seven? Who, Duncan Scott, Tom Dean? No, from two thousand twelve. I can't oh, Yannick Anya. Okay. Yeah, or yeah, no, he, take... he was. Wait, he was. Oh, okay. You said from oh from London Olympics. Okay. Yeah, you could take <laughs> train him short course. I bet he would go one twenty seven. Or I mean, you could also take put Michael Phelps train him short course. He'd probably be you know somewhere around there, maybe one twenty. What could Caleb go right now in a two? Or actually, not right now. What, what could Caleb go in twenty eighteen in a two free yards? Um, I couldn't tell you 
200 free, honestly. I could tell you, I think 50 free, he told us 17. I don't think people understand like how much faster he's gotten since like he left college. Like he's gotten even so much faster. He told us, I think he wanted to be 17-4, and then he said now 17-2, and then 16-6 with a relay start. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Or it was something like that. Maybe I got it wrong. Okay, I'll do it. You know, yeah, I mean, like, so Bjorn, I'm sitting here looking at you going, when Kit, I would have said that Caleb 17 6 to me is the best swim that I've ever seen. Um, but like, here you come and go 18 2, and you're only a half second off. So, like, you got to be realistically thinking, like, that's in range. Well, here's how I see it. I have Marsh, Marsh as a coach, and it's a great example because Marsh coached um, the French guys that came over. The first wave of, like, Europeans are, like, actually swam fast, fast, you know? Mm-hmm. And he had Fred Bisquet, like, full, full body suit. That guy's a giant, right? And Fred Bisquet goes goes – I don't know if he's the first guy. I don't know if this is wrong, but he's, like, one yeah. of the first to go under 19 yards. Well, and it is God tier mm-hmm. at this point. And he's a full body suit. He goes under 19, you know? Mm-hmm. And – and he's been 20.9 long course, which is just insane, right? This is a whole other thing. But th- that point, you just see yards and you, you just see 18 and it's just unheard of, right? And now you have someone go 17.6. And I saw that 17.6. And it's like now as is, you know, the, the 18.2 that I went is the second fastest ever. It doesn't feel fast. It's like it's good, of course. But it's like I look at that video and then I look at Caleb's video where he goes 17.6. And I'm like, like what, am I, like, what am I doing here, you know? Like, I better be going 17 before I go out of college, you know, because that's, like, um, so much more obtainable, you know. That's what I did in that relay. The last relay we had, the 4 free relay, I was like, I mean, if I ever want to go, like, really fast and free, I got to go out. And that's, like, the theme that I'm kind of bringing here is that people are, like, getting away from this idea of back halving because they're just realizing that if you're efficient enough, you can go out and still come back. And you have to. Like, like look at this 2 am this meet. 140.9 doesn't make it back. Are you kidding me? The A? Like in the two I am, I was like, what? So then like last year, 41.9 gets like sixth at NCs and 41.9 doesn't make it to the B this year, you know? So it's crazy how much faster that meet is in terms of like um, just pure speed up front. So it's like, I was like, no, fuck it. I'm just going to send it, you know, I sent it and and didn't work out on the back one uh, on the back end. But I feel like if you want to like really move down towards really fast times, you've got to learn how to like efficiently be out fast, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the key now. I mean, if you want to be like, look at Luca, if you want to be 43 something, you better be flipping 20 points, you know, that's like, that's, that's important. And in terms of like five years, I, do I see a 125? I'm sorry. Sorry, Adam. Don't see a 125 in the cards, but. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. People didn't say 17 was possible either, but. Um, well, I, I think know, what, I'm, I think yeah. what you end up seeing is like, so Bjorn, I was on deck when Fred went 18, seven, he was my teammate two years yeah. ahead of me, by the way, we'll talk, we can talk about 50 years, but Fred was a, I think Fred was 25 when that happened. Too. So it's like, yeah, it's about to be me next year. Know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you in a couple of years. Right? So, um, yeah. But like what happens there is Fred was out in nine, two and back in nine, four. Yeah. And like nine nowadays is really slow out. Um, and it yeah. was. I mean, even for then, he wasn't out first, but he just smoked the second 25. Uh, for the that day. might be the super suit, yeah. But no, it was a it was a textile arena suit. This was 2000, uh, 2005. No wedge, though. You know, that makes a big difference too. No wedge. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. and I think the wedge is worth about a tenth, personally. But I think uh, that um, I, th- I think that what you end up seeing is like. You know, you've got you've got people that have the front end, like you know, say Caleb, but he's got the back end too. But you know, let's say for like they're out fast or they've got the back half, and then you know, ultimately people learn from each other, and then you have like kind of the next generation or wave that comes through, and they've combined the two, and then yeah. and that just like keeps repeating itself, and that's how you end up with people that learn from each other and you know make these exponential leaps. But like, what I want to know is, you know, it seems like Drew the last several years we had the 200 free that took a reset because it had been years since Simon Burnett went that 131 and it was just kind of sitting out there. And then we finally saw guys just saying, you know, blow 130, let's go straight to 129. And then, you know, Caleb 17 kind of did that too, where he just taking these massive leaps in an event. Adam, you mentioned this on the track side. It's like, which event do you guys think, or which events 
are ripe for that reset that are a little bit slow or stagnated, but like haven't made that leap yet. I still think the 500's got a long way to go. I mean, we hit 408 in you know a brief in the 90s and and stayed there for a long time until Kieran went 406, and that seemed really fast, but like and it is still very fast. Obviously, it's the American record, but um, I just feel like there's a lot more to go because uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're pushing low, low four, 404, 403, 402 very soon. Um, and, and you got people like Matt Sates who are closing in 137 um, or something like that, I believe. And uh, if he, as Bjorn said, if you, you know, if he, if he finds a way to take it out efficiently, you know, 136, 135, then you then you got something going there. And in, in theory, like 48s and 49s shouldn't be that hard to, you know, to maintain. And I, obviously you could be, I could be saying like, well, if, if it's that easy, why haven't I done it? And, um, you know, I, I, I wish I could, you know, assume a little bit more yards, but I'm, I'm turning the focus to long course now. But well, um, you talked about this in your 200, though, because you, you mentioned that, like, you know, your race strategy was in some way dictated by well, yeah. the dynamics of the race and making mm-hmm. sure that you could win it. And so do you think that we're not seeing those times because everybody's racing the field instead of racing the clock? I mean, certainly. I, I, so I was I was a 408 two and a 500 in a random meet October of 2020. Like just because I just like I just swam it in a way that I wanted to swim it. And I and like and then by the time I got to NCs, I felt way more prepared. I was actually tapered and, and, and ready to go. And I was a 410 because I was like caught up in the action of what's Jake McGahee doing? What's Kieran doing? What's Ross Dant doing next to me? Like it was all this crazy stuff. And so um, I think another great example of like, I, that's the, like, let's bring track back into it. Like sitting and kicking is the way that races are run. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. is in a pack. You don't want to be the leader because then you have all this wind resistance and then it all comes down to the last lap and you just kick at the end with everything you got. And that is exactly what happened in the 400 free at Olympic trials. And that's why we got in the situation we were in where Jake went to how to do his time trial because everybody, Kieran swam his own race and then everybody else, cause he had the confidence for it. And then everybody mm-hmm. else just kind of waited, waited. And it just so happened that Jake had the last fastest last 50 and that was all. But why does that happen in swimming? Cause in track you've got a real benefit because of the draft, but in swimming, you know, I mean, unless you're Lezak and Bernard, like Bernard towing him along, you know, you don't have that same benefit. That's that's why it confuses me in swimming. But I don't know. I'm not a 500 guy who also goes 186. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that's pretty you crazy. <laughs> There's a yeah. Video. I don't know either. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There's a video from the Olympics, and it's like the mile or it's some long distance running race, and like the heats before to make the final. They all were just sitting in the pack and running as slow as they could because they were just waiting for somebody mm-hmm. to go out and die and like go off the pace. And like the time that it took to make the final was like so slow because they all just waited till the end. Yeah, I don't it's know crazy. why it's like that with, with, with swimming too. And, and I'm sure like I'm a big, I'm a, I'm big into the mental side of it. And, and I, I honestly think that there's a lot of fear in, in dying and, and, and failing in that way. And so uh, it all, even if you swim slow, it feels better to accelerate at the end. Like I leading off the relay, I, I, um, leading off the relay on Wednesday night, I closed in my fastest ever time I added, but I won. And so just because I closed and won my leg of the relay, I was like, huh, oh, okay. It felt, I was like, at least I didn't die. Right. But if I would have sent it and went a one twenty nine five and come home in a 24, two, and got beat by Grant and Kieran leading off, I would have been like, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so mental. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I, I do the opposite there, dude. We're different there. I kind of like descend it and then die and get second <laughs> twice, but it's a game. <laughs> no, actually though, like here's a good point. So in swimming, look like what I do is I will swim, but I don't look, I literally close my eyes. Like I swim and every time I breathe, I close my eyes. And every time I turn, I close my eyes. So I essentially turn blind, but like at least you see the bottom so you know where you are. But I do that because I get super stressed out by like where I am in the race, behind or ahead. If I'm ahead, I'm like tripping out about being ahead and I'll die. People will catch up. I'm behind, I'm tripping out because I'm behind, you know? So literally like, um, that really is a good example. I was like swimming blind the first 50 and then I turn and then I look and I'm like, 
I'm ahead. This is great news. And then I kind of like close my eyes again and I just keep swimming. And that's good because it's like, you know, how horses, when they race, they have these like blinds on the side so they don't see anything. Like mm-hmm. that's me all the way. I'm like, I don't want to see anybody. And that's important because I'm trying to swim my race. And that's the, that's the biggest difference. Like Drew said, when you do these things in October and like, like you'd be amazed to see what some of my teammates do in practice. It's insane, you know, but it's a very different thing actually racing people and having to like, like look at their strategies and then doing your own strategy. Like that's hard. And I cannot even start thinking about how that would be in the five because I just raced 1500s. Right. But same thing. It's like, if I want to do my thing, I'm going to do my thing. And I'm not going to look at anybody else because it does literally doesn't matter. But that's something I've figured out over years. You know, it took me a long time because before I just used to be like going off of everyone else, which just doesn't work. I'm surprised somebody hasn't actually developed a real product. Uh, I, mean, I don't, I don't know what it would look like, but like there's there's enough innovation in swimming. Somebody's going to develop more fighters for swimming. I wish I had him here, but I have goggles that Marsh took from me and he put tape on the inside. So he tapes the inside half of the goggle glass so you wouldn't oh. see it because they're mirrored. But I'd literally be like a racehorse. I'd barely see anything and I'd just be on the block and it's just like go and I go. Because yeah. when I swim, even if I swim the 50 and I don't breathe, I look down, I still see strokes, right? Because it's mm-hmm. like the peripheral vision. But mm-hmm. I, I got all of that out and just kind of did my race. And that works for me. I mean, maybe some a lot of people love seeing their competitors just kind of getting fired up. But couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. Hmm. So when we see the headline, NCAA champion born gets concussion, we know what happened. Is that right? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of confusing. You know, there's no like I, I I don't know like in Europe all these pools are consistent in terms of where the T is. You know, they'll T to turn, but in the U.S. it's all over the place. There's T's everywhere, four, five, six in each wall. You just like don't know where you are. You know, and in Atlanta, the one side had four, two T's. And the other side had one tee, but it was like five yards out. So I was in warm up every day and I was like, look at the wall, you know, it's like really not, not up, but like, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was just like, get, get that down, but I'm not worried about concussions yet. <laughs> John, I'm going to ask you, what did you think about an Adam when you heard that Eddie was coming back? He was back on deck because he came back right at the beginning of the season. He was gone and he came back in the season, right? And then conversely, Adam and Drew, what did you think about when you heard that um, Marsh was joining six weeks out. You got it, Adam. Cool. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I know Eddie a little bit just because of recruiting and stuff and the fosters, but, you know, I don't know. I don't really think too much of it. You know, I think it's good for them. I definitely think that it helps them, especially like I know they want him to be there. I know I know they all love Eddie. I know they they definitely feel a lot for them. I actually didn't know – Marsh was coming back and I didn't or did he ever coach for Cal or I don't, honestly don't know. Um, no, he just like, I mean, the, the thing is this, that um, Dave was an assistant. His first years in, in coaching was an assistant under Marsh at Auburn. Right. And then they're separated for like 15 years. And this is the big reunion because our actual assistant Chase is on paternity leave. So he was just in for six, seven weeks before NC's as a consultant, you could almost say. And it was just, I mean, this was awesome, but yeah, it's a good team. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to see him on deck. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I, I just agree, dude, is um, when, I mean, Eddie's awesome. Like I have to say that, you know, he's like super nice. Uh, there's no like beef because I'm on a different team or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He literally came up my freshman year. We were at, we lost. Right. And I was kind of like sad about it. Me and Hugo were warming down and um, he was coming up and he's like, man, I love watching you swim. And I was like, dude, thank you. Like, I appreciate that because that's, you know, super nice of him. And, and Wyatt's the same way. Like, shout out to Wyatt from Texas. He's, like, super stoked. He's always, like, coming up and he's like, man, might have lost that meet, but you, like, I enjoy watching you swim. Like, I just want to say that, you know. And I was, I, I'm so happy with that because I think that's really important. It's not, like, it's not supposed to be this competition of, like, you know, who can you know, um, spit the most at other teams, you know. It's just, it's just, it's just awesome. And they're happy for us in, in that sense. And they know they're going to be, you know, coming back next year swimming so and eddie's a little story with eddie is actually super funny we're in minnesota this year for invite and and you guys are having fun dude like we 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 had fun at that meet but it's a really hard meet for us and you guys were just laughing like texas right and um they were at the same hotel and it was just, they had a great time their parents were awesome and i just opened my phone in the morning this is the last day and i see a story and it's by carson and carson goes <laughs> The, the breakfast of champions or something. And it's like Eddie or like something maybe that 
gives you lung health or whatever. I don't know what the caption was, but it was Eddie eating breakfast cereal and it was like raisin bran with orange juice oh. in it. Oh. And I was like, I was dying. I was like, these guys probably have so much fun with that, you know. And that's how I kind of see Eddie from the outside. It's like, you know, it's just this this old guy just having a good time with his swimmers and cracking jokes. And that's probably how it is too. Like Drew can probably speak on that. But I just like that was just like fun to see, dude. I was like, he just shows up, doesn't really care. He's gonna have orange juice and, and cereal for breakfast, and just you know have an invite. He's been doing that for decades, apparently. <laughs> he swears that once you try it, you'll never go back. And I refuse. Uh, yeah, no, just like, yeah, yeah. You're right, though. He, he is just always all about having a good time, and I'm sure y'all saw the pictures of like him wearing those uh, those like like funny glasses. Or yeah, this and like he, he, yeah, he, he just, <laughs> and, and the way it usually starts is like Ed, if I go this and such and such event can i take a picture with you with these glasses or something oh, like that gotcha. and so it's, that's how it always is because he doesn't yeah he like yeah but um yeah he, he he's great and he's always he's always having a good time with us you're right but um yeah about marsh i, I didn't know that either i uh i i saw him at the meet and uh, but usually i'm pretty like unplugged from something when i'm away when i'm away yeah. from practice I, I i try to unplug i used to be so intense like painfully intense and dialed in that like yeah it just like drained me really bad it burnt me out and and so i i, I kind of learned to adapt from that so I'm, I'm a little unplugged and so i don't really know some stuff but i mean i got filled in but um obviously i know marsh's legacy and 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 what he's known for and, and how and how iconic of a coach he is so um it definitely it, it was pretty cool to see that pair and wonder what was going on you know mm-hmm. uh over in over in uh berkeley but um <laughs> yeah all right i got a final question for each of you guys um, Adam, I want to know, was Nesty's 100 100s long course butterfly, uh, was that, was the legend of him doing that set legit? And he have, has anybody else on the team now done it? Honestly, I think, I don't know if it was butterfly, but I've heard of, I honestly, I'd have to ask him, but I've heard of, I think I've heard of him doing it freestyle. And there used to be a girl that would like hold with them too. I can't remember her name though. But I, I they also they do ten one thousands, and it's fun to watch them do that. Crazy. The legend is ten one hundreds and one ten fly long course. That's a legend. Yeah, one there's, like whole, there's like a whole era of other swimmers who have heard this legend that Nesty did that. Yeah, it sounds I like see I mean, it. I've definitely heard that it's been like a a lot harder back in the past. Like when he used to swim, he he always tells us stuff like that, but. I definitely have to ask him. All right, Drew, do you have a favorite Eddie-ism? Oh, my gosh. Um, I have Sometimes I have a list of them on my phone. Uh, but uh, there, are, uh, there is a lot. <laughs> I don't know which ones I should pick. Um, there's one that was recent that was kind of escaped me, but I feel like I probably should. There's this one, we, one time we made a t shirt that uh, it, it's gonna sound dumb. It might have been one of those you had to be there moments, but like we just love asking him random questions. And like I think it was my freshman year, we had a t shirt that had this quote on it because somebody said, Eddie, do you think aliens are real? <laughs> and he just goes, hmm, people from outer space, logically, why not? <laughs> for some reason we thought that was so funny we just put that on a shirt and we're like this is awesome but uh yeah no we, there's so many and uh I, somewhere on my phone i probably have a list of, of some and obviously he's been having fun cracking his jokes for 40 years on the pool deck so there's too many to count but that's one i remember for sure because we put it on that shirt <laughs> no that's funny all right bjorn do you think that durden is the best whistler in ncaa history <laughs> Oh, you tell me. Um, I've I, I only been to two, so you, you have been to more of me. But um, he gets loud. He really does get loud. He never whistles in practice, I think. I think about it. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I usually never really, like, I, I don't cheer, like, I cheer, but I usually always, like, warm up or warm down. So I'm never really in the team section that often. Yeah. But you just hear it from so far away. So I think I think it's up there, you know. I think it's up there. Funny, I, was, I was texting Mars the other day. I'm like, Man, I don't know how you stand next to that guy for an entire meeting. <laughs> <your drums. laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. Cool. Well, guys, that was that was fun. Uh, love to get the perspective. Appreciate you guys hanging out. And uh, obviously, we look forward to watching, you know, the, the future success and what you guys do next. So all that talk about what the next few years is like is, you know, you guys are starting it. So 135, or 125, excuse me, 125, 115, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website,